Chala Perik Base, Mishnah Base 2-2, we continue to discuss the topic of earth that comes, like soil that comes from Chutz Laaretz, outside of the land of Israel, um, in the first part of this Mishnah. But it's a little confusing, and please don't be confused. What we're about to discuss has nothing to do with the halachas of Chala at all. We established in the previous Mishnah that Chala doesn't really matter where it grew, it matters where you actually need the dough. And here we're going to talk about produce grown in a ship where the soil in the ship was put there from Chutz Laaretz, outside of Israel, but the ship is now resting in Israel, and the ship, let's say, according to Barthenor, has holes in its hull, and there's produce that has been planted in the soil in the ship, which is now growing in the land of Israel, like say the ship is on a river or in a river in Israel. The question is, does the produce that grows from that soil have the status of Paris Eretz Israel, meaning it's a subject to Trumas and Maestras because it's connected to the ground of Israel, or no, since the soil came from Chutzlaretz, it's considered to be exempt from Trumas and Maestras. So the mission says, Afar Chutzlaretz, if you have soil that came from outside of Israel, Shabab Sfinalaretz, that has now entered into Eretz Israel via the hull of a ship, and the, according to the Baratunur, the ship is now sitting, Meiri really, the ship is sitting in a river bed, or a river, in Eretz Yisrael, and the ship's hull is perforated. So therefore we're talking something that has the status, so to speak, of a atzitz, atzitz nakuv, a perforated flower pot, because there's a hole in it, says the Baratunur. So then, the fruit that grows in such soil is still subject to the regular Trumas and Maestros halachas, because we look at this um, earth and this plant as drawing its nourishment from the land of Israel through those holes, so to speak. Um, that's how the Bartonura learns. Uh, at least according to Rabbeinu Tam, if you'd have a wooden-hulled ship, there would be no need to have perforation at all, meaning as long as it's made out of wood, the plant can draw some nourishment through the wood, if you will, that connects it back to the land of Israel. Uh, fine. Now, the mission continues by saying, Amr Yehuda, Amasai, when is this true that the plants that grow in the soil that came from Chutz Laaretz, that's now sitting inside the hull of a ship that's perforated, has the status of Eretz Yisrael produce? Bizman Shasfina Gosheshes. Provided, says Rabbi Yehuda, that the boat is now um, run aground. It's, it's touching, the hull of the ship is touching the river bed itself. It's not floating upon the river in Eretz Yisrael. Words floating on the river, and there'd be a, a, a divider of water between the hull of the ship and the ground. Then, says Rabbi Yehuda, it would be uh, considered to be disconnected, and the produce that grows in that ship hull would not be subject to Trumas and Maestros, at least not Midoraisa. So, period. Now, there's a general rule that whenever the mission says, I'm Rabbi Yehuda, a Masai, when Rabbi Yehuda adds something saying, when does this apply, dot, 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 the rule is, um, in general, it's a it's a Gemar and Erevin Daf Pebeis eighty-two that he Rabbi Yehuda is not coming to disagree with the Tanakam. He is just simply coming to clarify the sheet of the Tanakama. And that indeed is how the Rambam learns, and that would be then the Rambam paskins lahalacha like Rabbi Yehuda that indeed the ship has to be touched on the ground because he holds there's no machlokus at all. It's worth noting that there is a sugya that covers this Gemara this Mishnah here. It seems that Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakama are arguing, and that's how, for example, the Rush learns this Mishnah. And that being the case, presumably, according to those Rishonim, the Halacha should follow the, Tan- follow the Tanakama over the opinion of the single Rabbi Yehuda. However, again, the Halacha is 
Lamaisa is like Rabbi Yehuda, and that's the Raman Paskins, and we, let's say there is no Machlokas then at all. Okay. Second part of the Mishnah is something totally new. Um, we're now talking about uh, dough that has been kneaded with flour plus fruit juice instead of flour plus water. So the Mishnah says, If you have dough that has been kneaded with fruit juice as opposed to water, so the obligation to take challah is there anyways. At least that's the opinion of our of our Mishnah here. It comes out in the Rishonim that there seems to be a machlokas tanaim on this point, and Rabbi Kiva disagrees and holds that if you use fruit juice instead of water, it's exempt from the challah obligation, and it seems indeed that it's very likely that the halacha is like Rabbi Akiva, that it doesn't, uh, it's not good enough. Mayperos does not affect the challah requirement. So the halacha seems very possibly to not be like the Stam Mishnah here. Nevertheless, that's what the Mishnah says. Um, and further says the Mishnah, if you have flour and fruit juice kneaded together, so besides for needing to take challah, also that challah could be eaten even with unwashed hands. Now, you recall that one of those 18 gzeros that were famously set aside, set and established by Beishame was that stam yadaim, unwashed hands, hands you don't know to be clean, have a status of being shniim latuma, a secondary tuma status, and that being the case, you have to always wash your hands prior to touching truma or mice or chala, because truma or chala can be puzzled, be invalidated, and by becoming, uh, becoming a shlishi. Now, when you take foodstuffs and you wet it, that foodstuff becomes susceptible to tumma and can become tummy, and that would be the case here with the challah. The problem is that if what's the liquid that's doing the wetting is not from the list of the Zion Mashkin, those seven liquids that do effect heksha, that do ready food to become tummy, so then the food remains impervious to tuma. So that is, say, water, which is one of the seven, is normally used for kneading, and you can knead flour and water together. By the water touching the flour, it makes the whole mixture now ready to become tummy. And that being the case, you'd have to wash your hands always because your hands are shneem, secondary status tuma, which would be posel and validate the truma or chala. But fruit juice, meperos, is not on the list of seven. And that being the case... Um, such challah, at least according to Tanakama, is required to be taken, and yet it is impervious to Tuma still. It can't become Tame because it hasn't had Hechshir, it hasn't been touched by one of the seven liquids. Those seven liquids, for what it's worth, can be remembered by the mnemonic Yad Shachat Dam. Those seven letters, Yad stands for, for Yain and Dvash, uh, honey and, excuse me, Yain is wine, Dvash is honey, we're talking here about bee honey, not not date honey, but bee honey in the Mishnah, Devash. Then shachat stands for shemen, which is olive oil, chalav, which is milk, and tal, which is dew. And then dam, dalad mem, stands for dam, blood, and mem, water. So that's the list of seven liquids that can be machshir, that can ready food to become tummy. Not on the list is apple juice or whatever it is. Um, and that being the case, if you use apple juice or whatever fruit juice you're talking about, so then it is not machsher, does not ready the food to become tummy, and that being the case, one could eat this chala without washing his hands, because even though his hands are shen tumma, they're tummy, but the tumma would not spread to the the chala dough, because the chala dough has not become wetted in a way that's hochsher, that makes it ready to be makabal tumma.